Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Green Kitchen Quick and Slow by David Frankiel and Louise Vindahl. Hi, Johnny. Victoria, (laughs) you really haven't lived until you've cleaned out the cluttered home of your elderly mother filled with thousands of books, jigsaw puzzles, board games, toys, scrapbooking supplies, cake decorating tools, and at least five televisions. Did I miss anything? No, but if that's like living, I think I'm good not living. Fun times. Fun times ahead. You poor guy. Welcome to episode 84 of Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. If you go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab that will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. And from there, you can click on the different uh, lists that we have. And if you make a purchase from any of those... You'll get something you want. We'll get a little something in return from Amazon, and it won't cost you a penny more. It's the best, most immediate way that you can support what we're doing. I'm using hand gestures, oh which God. the <laughs> listeners cannot see, but I'm, I'm getting all P.T. Barnum with this. Take it down a notch, please. I got to hustle. I got to... <laughs> Are you trying I, to, like, elevate my energy? I, I got to, yes. Because it's not working. <laughs> That's what the cocktail's for. Good effort, though. Speaking of cocktails. Yeah, what are we drinking? We are drinking an espresso martini. I really do got to get some music to insert into all these little sections that we have here. Get on it. Yep. Stop being lazy, Just sir. Got to compose some stuff. Well, you know, once I get done cleaning out uh, 103 storage tubs of jigsaw puzzles out of my mom's house, I'll have a little bit more free time. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> big big sale. <laughs> big sale at Shirley's house. All puzzles, a dollar. Well, I mean, the puzzles are gone now. Yeah, now we, it's just... We did have a big sale. Is anybody into scrapbooking? Because <laughs> we got stuff for you. Get in touch. <laughs> All right. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is we, we got boosted. Yes, we did. Woo. Yeah. For the... Go out there uh, and get, get, the, get the booster. Get the COVID booster. Made me feel a little bit worse than I thought it would. Yeah. I figured that like since this is like my fourth shot, yeah. I would... Maybe just feel a little tired, have a sore arm. No, sir. No, I was out of commission for a, for a good day, <laughs> good 24 hours. You napped the entire day with Miss Olive. I did. <laughs> and she, she made it easier. I even like left the house, went to go get my booster, came back, and he was still asleep. Sleeping like a log. <laughs> I was stealth. Yes, I was, I, I was out of it. But yeah, we, we got boosted. We're doing our part. The, you know, it might seem like things are returning to some degree of normalcy and, and to some degree they are, but you do, do your part. Well, apparently from... Uh, Get the shot. It, it seems like they're... If you pay attention to the reviews of Yankee Candles, 
uh-huh. it seems like there there may be a new wave coming because a lot of people are like, this doesn't smell like anything. Oh, is that the, so, is that the, the telltale l- sign? Losing their sense of smell, yes. Interesting. Oh, I went to a heavy metal show. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> my, my friend Liam invited me, and so I, I, I took one for the team, and I, I went and saw the, the Cavalera Conspiracy, which is the... The former uh, founding member uh, brother duo of Sepultura and Liam Heavy is metal. Liam is uh, my very best friend in the world. Heather, it's her husband. Yeah. So and every time we're out together, we talk about hanging out and doing some some kind of mandate thing. And so we did. And we went to a heavy metal show. And you know what? There were a total of like four women there in the I, entire venue. Well, I'm not surprised because Heather said that Liam kept playing songs and she's like they all sound the same they kind of do she's just just like no no i i I was standing on the perimeter of the mosh pit not not doing any moshing myself because i'm an old man and i probably would have hurt something but uh (laughs) i I sent you footage i I was at the front lines and i was like the heavy metal concert i was like no thank you yeah um, there, there's a lot of energy. But hopefully we can all go see L7 together. Yeah. So Heather was kind of like, because we told, you know, we told her the tampon story. About you want to L- share the tampon story for our listeners who might not be familiar? Now, if you're not familiar with L7, they're like an L.A. rock band that's been around for several decades. They kind of bridged the gap between grunge and heavy metal. And punk. And punk, yes. They had a, kind of a broad appeal mm-hmm. in their heyday. They had like a couple like maybe minor MTV hits, mm-hmm. but, you know, kind of part of the Riot Girl movement. They founded uh, Rock for Choice. Um, so, yeah. Go ladies. Activist, yeah. D- hard rocking. Really good. And still doing it. Yes. Still out there doing it. All the original members. Oh, so anyway, oh. tampon story. Well, L7. There, I believe they were at a festival, and there was, of course, some dude in the uh, audience who was being a dick. Was Go it, figure. Was it Danita? You caught me drinking some water. <laughs> anyway. Stay hydrated. Anyway, she whipped out our tampon on stage and like flung it at him yeah i don't know if i'd be doing that because you know then you have to then you're like playing the whole show free bleeding you gotta gotta think the long game (laughs) i know gotta think ahead (laughs) but you know props to her she got her point across i guess so and it's it's kind of a legendary story that that still follows the band around to this day oh i did want to mention too this is the headline straight out of Food and Wine. Uh, Snoop Dogg launches THC infused take on Funyuns. They're called Snazzleos. They come in two. <laughs> they come in two flavors: onion and spicy onion. Each bag has a hundred milligrams of THC. So if you sat down and <gasps> ate the whole bag, I think Whoa. it's safe to say you'd be you'd be immobile. You'd be. Uh, I, I kind of like that. Like it's. Packed full, but then you have to eat a whole bag. Who wants? How to many do calories that? do you oh think that God. is? Oh my God, Funyuns are gross, though. They make your breath smell. In my, in my own <laughs> personal opinion, I think Funyuns are disgusting. Yep. And this, and this follows on the on the footsteps of his. Uh, he's got his own gin. Mm-hmm. He's got wine. Mm-hmm. He's got. You know about the cereal? Snoop Loops. What? Yeah, he's got his own cereal. Snoop Loops. This guy is this I've, guy I've, is I've, uh, I've, entrepreneur. I love it because I swear to God, every time I'm at the gym and I'm watching TV, both him and Ice T, at some point in the row of t- TVs, at least one of them is up there, like 
hustling, they, doing their commercials, they, and they've they've overtaken the, they're, the they're, pop culture lexicon. They're getting their bag. Yes, <laughs> literally his bag of hundred milligram funyuns. <laughs> That's all I got for, for food news. Um, we want to talk about what we just finished up? Yes. Or I guess are finishing up? We are finishing up Evergreen Kitchen by Brie Boudouin. Tonight, from that, we are having barbecued pulled mushroom sandwiches. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I got to come up with a little theme for that, too. For, uh, what's for dinner? And then I do a little heavy metal lick. No. Why does it have to be heavy metal? Can um, it? Can just following it, with my the theme of my earlier conversation. I I would prefer soothing spa music. Really? Yeah. Because oh. I was thinking like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> do do some like drudgy thing yeah. like sleep or pelican. Mm-hmm. Look at me throwing yeah. out the. I mean, I did work at like a heavy metal bar for. For a goodly amount of you, time. You got your fill. I did get my fill. You, you just absorbed it through osmosis I, as you were sitting there in the kitchen cooking burgers. I mean. To the soothing sounds of uh, sleep. How else would I have known that there, is, that there was a band called Goblin Cock? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew? Who forever immortalized in, in a burger named after them. <laughs> Do you remember what was on the Goblin Cock? Uh, it had a sausage on it. Of course. Yes. Honestly, I don't remember. It never interested, like, no. It, it was like a monthly special, so no. It wasn't one of those things that, like, got made every day, every month. I feel you. So. Should we talk about the show question? Sure. All right. So we put this out to the listeners. What are some foods or ingredients that smell bad but taste good? And we got we got some good responses. Some things I hadn't even considered. You're being such a weirdo. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. Oh my god! I gotta lift you up with me. Okay, I'm I, up. I gotta, I'm uh, up. Okay, you, you can stop it right now. <laughs> Mission accomplished. All right, you want to start with the first answer? Sure. Um, Charlene J said durian. That that's that's a good one. Oh, I saw that they had that at uh, our local Asian grocer the other day when I went there. Oh, at they, United? Yeah, they had it in the in like the refrigerated or freezer section. Maybe maybe that helps tamper the the bad smell. You think? I mean, I've never had durian. I think it probably only smells when you cut it open. Ah, there so you I go. mean, even if they had fresh ones, it wouldn't. Gotcha. I don't think it would be an issue. Well, they had them. I saw them. Uh, Mike B said sauerkraut. Good one. And he, and he said also, uh, he added Yetos cheese. I think it's Yay Toast. Yay Toast? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I but love both it. of us have been like pronouncing it wrong oh, for the, a long the, time. The, 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 <laughs> I, I think we discussed this in a previous episode. <laughs> I, I love that cheese too. It's delicious, but it doesn't melt. Yes. Uh, what else you got? Bill S. said cabbage. No, it's kind of smells, in that sauerkraut realm. Smells yeah. kind of farty, yeah. but it's delicious. <laughs> and our, our, our uh, friend Deanna K. said uh, Parmesan cheese, especially that stuff in the can. Oh, the stuff in the can is disgusting. It smells like vomit. It totally does. <laughs> You're like, who threw up? Yeah. Or it's like the vomit after, a long, after you've eaten that, a really big meal and you've had a long night of drinking. That, that Parmesan cheese that doesn't need refrigeration somehow. Okay, there is a sign right yep. there that, ugh. Uh, JK said fish sauce. So this one's a little weird because it smells bad. I don't think it necessarily tastes good. On its own, no, you, but it does amazing things. Yes, a little goes a long way for sure. But I don't know that 
I'd be just tasting fish sauce by itself. Yes. Um, and then along those lines, at Mies0705 said shrimp paste. I'm going to have to say the same thing with that one. Smells bad, tastes bad on its own, but definitely has a purpose for elevating a dish. I wouldn't know. I stay far away yes. from it. <laughs> no shrimp paste for you. No. What'd you have for your picks? So we'll start with an ingredient, a spice, asafoetida. Yes. Do tell. It reeks. It does. It, it kind of smells like dirty belly button, I think. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> and yet everyone probably knows exactly know. the smell you're thinking of. It's a great, great ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else? I hate the smell of ground beef while it's cooking. Mm. Although, that was on my list, too. And not, ground pork, too. Here, Well, and here is the thing. I feel like... When it's whole in patty shape, it mm-hmm. doesn't smell as bad. But if you're like, you know, it's all broken up. Right, right. And in whatnot. A pan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bleh. Yeah. No, it's I, so I, gross. I, I can picture it in my mind, in my in my mind's nose. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, I have to agree with you. And then Limburger cheese. Yes. And here's the thing, like. And I know I've said this before, like the the only thing that I knew of Limburger cheese was from the cartoons yep. and it would, you know, it would be like Limburger and then it would have the big stink lines coming yep. off of it. I think it was just a couple years ago, we had a recipe that called for Telegio, which mm-hmm. is another real stinker. Uh-huh. And we decided to use Limburger. It really does stink. Yeah. But it's it very divisive because we served it at our cocktail party <laughs> and there were people just, you know, their head was exploding like, this is amazing. This is awesome. And then there were other people that were like thrown up in their mouth a little bit. They're and, like, like, do people really eat this? Yeah. <laughs> so see, here's the thing. I feel like the funkier the cheese smells, it's going to taste really good. I think I can co-sign that. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, kimchi was a good one. I don't like how it smells. Yeah. But I think it tastes really good. It's so delicious. And it's like something I could eat on its own. And well, yeah. And it's always like if you add it to a dish, it's always like the perfect exclamation. Yes. It's got a little bit of spicy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the the pickly but, kick. But that fermentation mm-hmm. definitely does uh, not do it any favors on the, in the smell department. Um, ground beef and pork mm-hmm. while cooking. Various cheeses. So I mentioned Parmesan, Blue, Gorgonzola, Limburger. Like you know, just smelling them themselves, not not so good. But oh, then see, I think like Blue and Gorgonzola both smell delicious. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, mm. a funky. Mm. Um, I'm sure I could think of other things, but that that's that's what came to mind. Yeah, that okay. was a good one. Yeah. Well, let's jump into this book. Okay. Uh, most people would reserve the weekends for more involved meals, and then during busy weekdays, it's all about getting the food on the table as quickly as possible with minimal effort. So this new book from the power couple behind the popular Green Kitchen franchise, they're kind of like the Magnolia Table of Europe. Yes. That's kind of the impression I get. Uh, they combine the best of both worlds, offering up recipes for every time of the day as well as every day of the week. Um, there's a fair amount of text devoted to meal prep, pantry staples, and what they refer to as flavor boosters to start you on the right path of creating flavorful vegetarian meals. Even the slow recipes are approachable and easy for any home cook to execute. They just require a little bit more time to finish. Uh, We enjoyed meals from both of the categories, 
And Victoria is going to give you a list of the dishes we made, and then we'll talk about them in a little bit more detail. Hold on. I have to uh, amend that. Yeah? I didn't super enjoy. Okay. So, but anyway, we'll... we'll <laughs> I'm going to do a bullet point. Did I say we enjoyed them? Yes, you did. Oh. <laughs> Please don't speak These for me. These are amazing. Don't speak for me, okay. sir. Ooh, we're going to get to this. This, <laughs> this is going to be a this is gonna be a good one. Swedish baked pancake with seasonal veg, baked feta and lentils with a blackberry vinaigrette, coconut paneer and chickpeas celebration salad, Korean... Lettish. <laughs> Lettish. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> And I'm not even drunk. No. Um, Korean lettuce wraps with mushroom steaks, watermelon and feta salad with green sauce. Okay. You had to have liked that, though. That I was did. Li- I did like that one. Yeah, that was a, that was a big hit at the black party. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. Well, let's, well, let's first talk about this Swedish baked pancake with seasonal veg. Kind of a sheet pan meal. Yes. Not what I would consider a pancake. It, to me, it felt more like an egg dish. Yes. Like like a sheet pan frittata. Or yeah, agreed. Yes, that's a better way to put it. Or like a so maybe they just have a diff- different definition of pancake in in Europe. Sure. Not what we would consider a pancake. Yeah, it wasn't a flapjack. <laughs> um. So this had uh, thinly sliced onion, cherry tomatoes, broccolini. Um. We added some zucchini because we had a whole bunch of it. It gets. Baked in the oven, and then it gets topped off with a balsamic balsamic vinegar that has honey and thyme in it. And the good thing about this is it can be made sweet instead of savory. Although, like, sweet egg dishes don't really appeal to me. Yeah. I mean, like, if you wanted to leave out the veg and throw in some fruit and powdered sugar. Yeah, they mentioned that in the recipe as kind of an alternative. And, and I thought the same thing. Like, that's not something... I guess you could enjoy it for maybe breakfast or something or maybe as like a, a dessert. I mean, I know like egg custard is a thing. Right. Um, so it would be kind of like that. Right. But egg custard is not really one of my favorite things. to Yeah. Eat, no, so. I, I agree. How did you feel? How did you feel about it? Well, I'm trying to. And, and you know, the, this is a book that we did a few weeks ago. We're a little behind in the podcast. We've we're been get, very we're bad. Cut, but, you know, hey, it's summer and I'm cleaning out my mom's junky house. And so, you know, <laughs> life gets in the way sometimes. We, we put these out when and as time permits. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get we'll get caught back up. Yeah. So anyway, I'm trying to think back on when we actually did these and it's it's been a few months but um do you recall like did the veggies all cook properly because that's always the challenge they with were, these they types were cooked of dishes. properly okay yes. because like sometimes you throw all this stuff together you know like a one pan one pot meal kind of thing and it's really hard to get the things mm-hmm. to finish at the same time yeah. um no if i recall everything was cooked Otherwise, like, I, I thought it was fine. You know, it's... A, it was serviceable. Yeah, yeah. No complaints, I guess. Okay. Yeah. What, right. what, what were your thoughts on it? I just thought it was okay. That might be the theme for the book. Yeah. I, yeah, I it was just saying. okay. Well, should we talk about baked feta plus lentils with a blackberry vinaigrette? Yes. So did we do this differently? Because I know when I was reviewing the recipe, you have to pre-cook the lentils. Uh-huh. Then you bake those... And this used beluga lentils, which are the black 
Right. So you bake those with the feta, but then you take the feta out and don't you finish it on a grill? No, 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 no. What you do is you... Maybe I misread the recipe when I was reviewing it, but I thought that at some point they get separated and then you nope. finish the feta. Nope. Uh, you put the lentils in, in the pan, put the feta in there, and then you bake it for, I think it was like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you pull it out and you you drizzle a little bit of honey on it. Uh-huh. And then you stick it under the broiler for a few more minutes. Mm. And then when that comes out... It gets topped with a blackberry vinaigrette, which is like smashed up blackberries, uh, shallots, and, f- and honey. For me, that was the biggest surprise of this dish is is like how well that paired with uh, the like the lentils and feta. See, I thought the whole thing was clunky because then it also got some like handfuls of spinach thrown in there right. and um, and hazelnuts and hazelnuts. <laughs> I thought the whole thing was clunky. Okay, and it to me it was just okay. Okay, I like the blackberries with the feta and lentils. Okay. Maybe they should have just stopped there. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have to invite hazelnuts and spinach to the party. Well, yeah, it was like because I felt like it wasn't hot enough to even wilt the spinach. Yeah, that was so, my biggest critique of this dish is when it was fresh out of the oven and hot, it was a lot better than as it started to cool down a bit and then you're just eating like these kind of warmish lentils with this warmish baked feta yeah and it's kind of like eating like french fries after they've been out of the fryer for you know a few minutes and they're not so not so hot anymore yeah i just think like all the components together for me felt very clunky Okay. You might have liked it better than I did. I liked that. I was intrigued by the blackberry with the feta and lentils. I think that's what was like the biggest surprise because it wasn't something I would like if I was thinking in my head of flavors that went together. That was not one that would come to mind Mm -hmm. for me. But but I do understand like it, it is a lot of seemingly random ingredients thrown together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there are recipes where, you know, where you're like, why are they doing that? And then you taste it and you're like, holy fuck, that's good. Yeah. Ooh, my first swear word of, I thought I was going to make it the whole way through. <laughs> Although talking about bloody tampons yeah, being whipped know. at guys' heads, that's probably not. It's, PG, it's all uphill but. from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move on to coconut paneer and chickpea celebration salad. All right. Did you find this uh, dish to be joyous? Do you, do you think it was celebratory? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's not something I think of when, uh, when I'm reveling. Is, uh, a, a health- <laughs> I could really go for a healthy salad <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just like, give me steak and bourbon. <laughs> so much like tofu, paneer is a fairly neutral flavored ingredient. Um, but you can marinate it. You can do different things with it to inject flavoring into it. So it's treated to a mixture of olive oil, lemon juice, cumin, turmeric, chili, and salt. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a vibrant yogurt dressing um, that you dress the greens with. And then you top the whole thing with avocado, carrot ribbons. Ooh, Ooh. We get to practice our carrot ribbon game. Uh, cucumber, or as we like to call them, salad cookies. Right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cut them up in nice thin slices. Salad cookies. That's how you get kids to eat vegetables. Right. You have it's to come a, up with cute names a, for them. Yes. Thinly sliced radishes, 
and chickpeas, which were uh, sautéed instead of leaving them raw, as suggested. Because every time a recipe calls for like raw chickpeas drained out of a can, that's so boring. Yeah, like I, I seems like a I will opportunity always give me. them a little sauté and some olive oil and salt and pepper. Yep, agreed. Let's, this also had dried apricots. Do you say apricots or apricots? I say apricots. Okay, I think I do too. Yeah, but I'm trying to switch to saying apricots because I think it sounds more sophisticated. Sure, you yeah. do you. Yep. And then uh, there was a coconut ducka, which I think I still have up in the cupboard there. No, you just got rid of it. Okay, like, yeah, it was, I think it was yesterday. We made, this, we made these dishes back in like July or something. So <laughs> we need to clean out our pantry, the, clearly. The ducka was yucca. <laughs> it was no longer good. Had to get rid of it. So this... Had a lot of components, and so this was actually categorized under the slow section in the book. Yes. Oh, you forgot that there was roasted eggplant on there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see how it was slow because you had to cook the paneer, roast the eggplant. There was a lot of components, Mm -hmm. a lot of moving parts. What would you think of this one? Was it another just okay one? It was just another okay one for me. Okay. I I can see the direction this is going for you. Uh, what about the Korean lettuce wraps with mushroom steaks? First of all, they weren't steaks. I know, right? It was like a cluster of mushrooms that were fried in a pan, sauteed Not in a pan. resembling steaks at all. Yes. And those get, after they're fried, they get doused with a little bit of uh, a combination of sesame oil, tamari, rice wine vinegar, and chili flake. This was another one that was in the slow category of the book because just because of the different components that were involved in creating it. Yeah, because you had noodles and then there was a cucumber salad that had ginger and garlic, scallions, some like sesame a pickled seeds. Pickled cucumber mm-hmm. kind of quick pickle thing, yeah. And then that got layered with uh gochujang. Kim- you, you said it. I did. I, I tried not to stress myself out over mm-hmm. pronouncing it correctly, and I did it. For those of you who don't know, there are words that I can pronounce, but I stress out over them, and then I just miss. Like I know how to pronounce them, but I just like I stress out about you them, did it. and then I can't. And it had kimchi, uh, cilantro. Yeah. So was, basically, you assemble these tacos in these. They're like lettuce wraps. Yeah. But they they have vermicelli noodles. Did you mention those? Yes, I did. Yeah, and are you not listening to a word I say? Usually not. <laughs> they they're a little difficult to eat. Yeah, lettuce um, wraps usually are though. Yeah. I think this one I liked better. I okay. like this one better. Yeah. So anything else on that? No. Okay. Do you have an opinion <laughs> no, on no, it? No, I just they were a little messy to eat. That's all that stuck out from me. With you know, like I enjoyed them. Um, what's not to love? I mean, you're just cooking up a bunch of veggies and, you know, so like it's, it's not something you're going to eat and feel bad about or yeah. anything, but, um, I mean, you can put away many of them yes. too. So, and then you don't feel all guilty about it. So by far the, probably one of the simplest dishes we made and also the standout for me was this watermelon and feta salad with green sauce. Yes. And the green sauce was. It's a ton of herbs. It, yeah. Like. Cilantro, basil, mint, dill. Dill. I think that was, I mean, yeah, feta and watermelon is kind of like a classic pairing. Yep. And then you mix, you mix all those herbs up with a lime juice and that kind of composes the sauce. Are you okay over there? I'm dying over here. (laughs) What the deuce? Heartburn going on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And we brought this to a block party. Not Um, just any block party. 
I mean, there was like. Yeah, it was it was like a huge. Block I think we party. talked about this on a previous episode. There was like music. There was like dad rock going on. There was like you know middle aged men playing acoustic guitar and like doing like Neil Young songs and Wilco songs. But here's there was a guy in the martini glass. Oh yes, the guy like walking, walking around. The sidewalk. I loved that guy. Yeah. But here's the thing: when we got there, we got there a little bit late because we were super excited to go and just like eat all this food. We got there a little late. And by then, like, all the food had, like, flies <laughs> flying above it. And I was just kind of like, ugh. So I didn't eat anything that the, wasn't the, covered. The, the food was past its freshness state. Yeah, I'm just like, ooh, there are, there are flies who have probably laid their eggs in there. Yep. No, thank you. Yep. That's um, the thing you read about later. You Like, someone has, like... I've got maggots growing yep. in my stomach. yeah. <laughs> All right, before we discuss our rankings, I did find one critical Amazon review that I wanted to share. Do you want to read it? And Go ahead. Okay, this is from DJ Sanderson. He gives it one out of five stars. I shouldn't say he. Maybe it's a she. Or they. Yeah. You, I, Let's just say they. We'll say they. Uh, overly complicated. I was very disappointed in this book. I have all their other books and love them, but this one is different. Perhaps it's because they had someone else developing recipes for them. Many of the recipes are extremely complex with 20 or so ingredients and several component sub-recipes. Just reading through these made me feel exhausted. There's only a few of the simpler recipes that I think I will tackle. Normally, I would want to make dozens of their dishes, but not this time. Please, Dave and Louise, revert to your original format of easy, straightforward recipes. And... I have to admit, this she, is the first book that we've done from them, so I don't really have any frame of reference to compare it to. Yeah, but to be fair, I feel like this is kind of a like on the nose review. Yeah, and 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 he is right about like the because there were um, recipes that were like inspired by and. That is in my notes. Well, let, let's discuss our rankings. I okay. think we'll cover some of this. Uh, food photography and styling. All right. What'd you have? I gave it a three. Okay. David did the photography. It it seems to me like even though both of them are credited on the book cover, this definitely seemed like something that he did a bulk of the work behind the scenes. Yeah, who knows? And because even in the intro to the book, they did mention that... Louise was studying for her midwifery. Yes. Yeah. And and uh bachelor's degree in midwifery and so this was kind of something that he took and ran with as a concept. So I don't know, you know, as I I'm sure there's I mean, a lot way, of way to be a su supportive spouse. Yeah, I mean Go, as, David. as 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 you and I know, there's a probably still some influence and like overlap just being married to each other and and some, you know, the, that dynamic behind the scenes. But it did seem like this was something that he just really developed and mm -hmm. ran with. Okay. That's all I have to say on that subject. Um, <laughs> for me, it felt like they were going for like a cottagecore, cozy vibe, um, like really natural. Uh -huh. But it felt very sterile to me. Okay. The food. It's, I, it's that European aesthetic. I don't know. I will say the food looked really delicious. Mm-hmm. But the choices of the plates and the backdrops, like there would be like a tan, like a tan stone kind of like slate mm -hmm. 
backdrop with a tan plate. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt very like one note to me. Okay. And there were some really weird photos in there. Uh, there was one photo, um, I'm assuming it was Louise, was sprinkling garnish over a bowl of porridge. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't care that your nail polish is chipped, but her nails look dirty. Okay. It was really weird to me. And then there was another one. Um, it, it was like taken over the shoulder, but like there was a blur of a head in the corner of the photo. Oh, it, I didn't notice it that It was one. really weird. Huh. And, the, and then there was, there was another one where one of their children was just like digging like whole hand into this big jar of I, granola. I and remember it, that one. It grossed me out. <laughs> like it, to me, that is not appetizing at all. I, I get like. You think they can afford a scoop? Probably. Okay. I mean, I get if you have kids, you know, you're used to like kid hands being all over everything. Right. We don't have kids. So I think that's super gross. Okay. And it's super unappetizing to me. <laughs> I sound like such a bitch right now. I love it. <laughs> what did you give it? Um, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I think this is the first three I've ever given for, for photog- photography. Yeah. All the photos, either because of the actual dish or ingredient or the props, have an emphasis on what I called like texture. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ceramics and hard surfaces there I'm, was a lot of hard I'm, surfaces. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of evaluating this just on the food photography because there's a lot of additional photography yes. that's more like kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. of, of them and their family. Which I actually, I thought those were, look at me, I'm totally like stepping all over no, you. It's fine. I thought those were nice. Yeah. Like it's it's like a, a nice little peek into how they kind of live or whatever. I, and, I don't mind lifestyle photography. And it's funny that you mentioned those photos because I, I noticed one in particular on page 94 that showed uh, Louise drinking what appears to be a smoothie with both yes, hands. Yes, her elbows and, were like she, straight out. It was so weird. I was like, why raised. is she? It was like this really odd, unnatural looking pose. And I don't know why it like just jumped out at me, but I was like, that's weird. Like who drinks like that where your elbows are kind of raised up to your shoulders? <laughs> And then you're like with both hands, like <laughs> drinking the smoothie. It's like she has a oh, you know, in Sixteen Candles when Joan Cusack is wearing like that that like back brace. Yeah, it's like that's how you would drink it, right? <laughs> like I, I, it was it, it was uh, it was a weird thing to include. Many of the photos have a, either a utensil tucked into them or hands holding a utensil as they dig into a dish. One thing to note is that the photos have like a slightly what I called like kind of an antiseptic quality to them. Probably like yeah, what you're sterile. piggybacking. Yeah, like sterile. All of the props, with few exceptions, have what I called like a new appearance rather than looking like they're well-worn heirloom pieces. Yeah, but that's... So, even the, even the cookware, like the cast iron and the baking ware, yeah. look brand new. Well, and if you're going for cottage core, I do feel like yeah. you kind of. It was just something that jumped out at me. Like when it came when it came time to do the photos, they just acquired all these brand new pieces. Well, I know that some of the photos were taken. Um, they were taken in different places. Uh-huh. One of them, uh, there was a huge bunch of photos that was taken over a few days in one of the collaborators' flats in okay. London. So 
I, I mean, might explain that it. could be maybe part they, of it. Maybe they have like a, a huge collection mm-hmm. of props, but it's mostly like new pieces mm-hmm. rather than like vintage pieces or something. But I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with the food photography itself because I thought it was pretty well done and it did make all the food look very delicious and appealing. So mm-hmm. hard to find fault in that. But there was just like, like you said, like the ones that you pointed out and the, and the one that I mentioned, like there was just like some kind of odd choices of photos to include in in like the extra material well, and i feel like if you're gonna go odd go odd right like like lazarus lynch or yes. or the uh turkey wolf book right you know like that kind of really thing. embrace it yes really lean into it uh design and layout what'd you give it i gave it a four okay they do mention working closely with uh, Nicola Morris, who is a recipe tester, and Sophia McKinnon, who is a recipe developer and a stylist photographer. That Sophia is, she's the person whose flat they were shooting in. Okay. I mentioned earlier, this seems like it's primarily the work of David, as his wife Louise studied for her bachelor's degree in midwifery. There's a meal prep section. There's a flavor boosting your pantry with staples. And it and it mentions things like miso, harissa, kimchi, tomato paste, that kind of thing. There's six chapters total. Uh, no introductions. Each chapter just has like this two-page design with like a title and a chapter number. I'm not sure where this belongs in the rankings, but... Many of the recipes appear to have been developed either by assistants who helped on the book or they were inspired by someone else because I know like there was a vegan tahini cookie recipe on page 223. Ed Kimber. Right. Yeah. And he mentions it being um, inspired by Ed Kimber of uh, Great British Baking fame. And if you haven't checked out his books, and they, they're and, very good. You know, to their credit, they do give a lot of acknowledgement to their recipe tester and their assistant. But it just kind of seemed to me, and I know they mentioned this book being developed and kind of written during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it it definitely had the feel of maybe kind of half-baked, like we need to get this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we got? Well, we don't got a lot, so let's let's get some other people involved mm-hmm. and get get their input and maybe, you know, collectively we can cobble together a book. Yeah. Good font size. I love the large font. <laughs> the prep times are printed vertically along the top edge. Uh-huh. I almost missed them. I was going to be like, no prep times. And then like I kind of caught that uh-huh. they're actually there, but they're just in kind of an odd space and they're running vertically rather than horizontally. So portion sizes vary anywhere from two to six servings. Uh-huh. And then they're, each recipe is labeled with an S or Q for quick or slow. Most recipes also contain some useful tips or maybe an explanation of a technique. So they'll have, you know, like how to make it vegan or if you don't have this ingredient, you could substitute it. I thought that was useful. So a four. Okay. You, I gave it a four as well. You pretty much covered everything that I was going to say. One thing that I really actually appreciated is if if a recipe is you know going over to the next page so it's like sometimes books won't say that and you're like well holy shit i left out like an entire sauce or an entire vinaigrette johnny gets home from the grocery store and realizes (laughs) that i don't have the ingredients to make some like vinaigrette or something yes so it's always noted that like the recipe continues on the next page turn the page dummy but also i think the way that like this was laid out kind of felt like 
they were like stretching out for more pages. Well, even just the inclusion of all those extra photos that weren't related to the yeah. food. There was a lot of like lifestyle photos. There was a lot of unused book. space on those pages yes. where, I mean. Maybe that would explain the large font <laughs> size too. <laughs> right? I mean, one or the other. What are you going to do? Yeah. So yeah, I gave it a four and I pretty much agree with everything that you said. Okay. Okay. Let's talk degree of difficulty. I gave it a 2.5. Ooh. Mm-hmm. This book is like really, it's it's kind of big on meal prep mm-hmm. or like pre-prepping. So if, if you do not do this, some of the recipes will take a little bit longer than what the time says well but also beyond meal prep there was a lot of there was a you know whole section in the front that the flavor boosters and the and the i don't know where it falls you know but they had like these different like sauces and butters and Mm -hmm. toppings and stuff that they would make in bulk and I guess they're hoping that you love these things as much as they do because you're going to have a lot of it on hand and you better find ways to use it. I don't need half a cup of a compound butter. We still have some uh, peach barbecue sauce that I made from a book and it's like a big giant mason jar in the fridge and it's probably from like a few months ago. And like those are the kind of things that if we're going to make them for one dish... It's 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 a little bothersome that now we have this thing yes. that we're trying to figure out what what else to do with. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a little easier when you have like a larger group of people mm-hmm. that you're feeding or something. But uh, yeah. Sorry, um, I interrupted no, you. No, no, 2. no. 5. No, we keep interrupting each other. It's totally fine. <laughs> I don't care. It's part um, of the charm. Yes. Why people uh, tune in. <laughs> the actual cooking methods were super easy. I wouldn't read through a recipe and be like, ooh. Can I do that? Yeah, I don't get the impression. I I don't know their backstory. I don't get the impression either one is probably like a trained chef by profession. Just very skilled. Well, I know Louise is like a wellness nutrition. Sure. So So there's elements mm -hmm. of that. But yeah, so my, my point being that it's not coming from the perspective of someone that is like really well trained professionally in these techniques and stuff and and it kind of shows in the recipe it's like there's nothing that's going to be that difficult to execute what else you got anything no i'm good all right (laughs) (laughs) i gave it a two okay um even for the more involved and time-consuming recipes there really aren't any advanced cooking skills or techniques that are required most would be easily achieved by any competent home cook yeah so if a dummy like me can figure it out Anyone can. Sure thing. Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, taste. What'd you give it? I gave it a three. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed... Well, I shouldn't say thoroughly. I enjoyed the meals that we made. In the case of the baked feta and lentil dish, we discovered kind of this new unexpected flavors. I don't... I'm not convinced that everything, like, absolutely worked or could not have benefited from like some further testing and mm-hmm. revision but i i and this was another book where you know everything was certainly edible we had it it was fine am i yearning to make any of these again probably not maybe that maybe that watermelon and feta salad that seemed to be a big hit at the at the block party we went to so if i was going to like a little summer barbecue thing maybe i'd throw that together okay i think people would like that all right. Yeah. I gave it a three as well. Yeah, I felt like the recipes weren't super cohesive. Yeah. And like I said before, if you haven't done like the 
like the indicated prep, like the sub recipes, like right. make this ducka, make this sauce. Yep. Then. So much of it felt like kind of a first draft. Yes. Yeah. And, and there was like, no, there was not one thing that we made that I was like, yes, let's make this again. Right. Or where, you know, like there are things, you know, there are recipes that we've made from books that we've repeatedly made. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. I like, I don't, I don't even want to keep this book to be honest. Yeah. Nothing was gross, <laughs> yes. but it was just kind of like, Rrr. yeah. And, and, for the like the feta and watermelon salad was my favorite but feta and watermelon i mean that's kind of like a standard pairing you know and then you put a good sauce on it so if if you were going to rate this book would you buy it borrow it banish it i would borrow it okay because i don't i don't want to spend money on it and i don't want to keep it all right makes sense Mm -hmm. see we need to add that buy it Yes. Borrow it, banish it. Mm-hmm. See, I was going to say burn it, but I know you're not into burning books. I, fuck no. Yep. So Nobody should it, be burning we'll, books. We'll banish it to a remote island. The people who are burning books <laughs> usually haven't even read them. All right. So now we've reached the gastro obscura section, exploring the weird and wonderful culinary traditions, experiences, and ingredients. I was uh, gone all day cleaning out my mom's junky house, so I don't know what you chose to uh, discuss. Where are we going this week, Victoria? We are going to good old Texas. Ooh, um, do tell. This is a pecan pie vending machine. Ooh. Um, so, Beardall Pecan Candy and Gift Company, uh, they are at 2626 Highway 71 in Texas. I am not quite sure what area of Texas that is in. Okay. Didn't um, give you a city or anything? Uh-uh. Oh, well, okay. and I was too lazy to look it up. <laughs> What's wrong with me? You'll see a 14-foot squirrel holding a pecan. Her name is Miss Pearl, That's what by you got to look for? Yes. When you're in Texas? I'll just drive around until I see that. Uh-huh. Shouldn't Her take too long. Squirrel's name is Miss Pearl. Okay. I'll just be like, I'm looking for Miss Pearl. <laughs> They pull into a gas station. Pearl squirrel. Do you know where Miss Pearl is? Yep. Um, so next, you got any of the Snoop Dogg Funyuns here? <laughs> Probably not. It's Texas. No. Uh, so next to her, there is a 24-hour vending machine that is stocked with pecan pies. It belongs to the Bear Doll Pecan Farm. Uh, the pies are in such high demand that they decided to. Uh, install a 24 vending machine. So what 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 size pies are we talking they about? They are full size. Oh, okay. They're so full I size. I was thinking like personal. I, I guess every pie has a personal pie. If, if you, you try hard you know, enough. Um, I'm thinking like those little mini things that you get. Yes. You know, but no, this is, they're not half stepping. And it gets restocked every day. It's filled with pies and other pecan so treats fresh. like yes like you know pecan rolls and they're really busy during the hot the holiday season Whoa. so so it, was, it gets stocked several times daily Whoa. but you know if you go there you know you can actually go shopping at their store this would be mostly just for like after hours use. Yeah, right? When you're really Three stoned. in the morning when you get that pecan <laughs> pie craving. But you got a few lone stars in you. Or some wild Sh- turkey. Shiner Bach. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. Some Shiner Bach. <laughs> and then you're like, I need a pecan pie to go with this. But you don't want to drive down there. Take don't, an don't, take, take t- an Uber. Exactly. Don't don't <laughs> 
don't drink after a few, sh- uh, don't drink Shiner Box and then like drive down to get your pecan pie fix. Yes. Yes. But you can also go visit their store like during regular hours. Because there's, there's a breathalyzer attached to Miss Pearl. There should be. And, and then like if, if you don't pass it, there's no there's pie like, for no you. No pie for you. Yep. So that is it. Okay. That was a good one. Thank you very much. All right. I'm surprised you even need notes for this. So... <laughs> So if you enjoyed our show, please rank and review us. You can find us on our socials. Our uh, Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at we cookbooks. Our Facebook is we cookbooks. It is. (laughs) There's no at there. Okay. I've got a good one for you. I heard that uh, beans were John Lennon's favorite vegetable. Up until he decided to give peas a chance. Beans are not a vegetable. I know they're a legume. (laughs) (laughs) That's fundamentally wrong. I I, got to find out who wrote this joke and tell them they're wrong. I had thought of a joke the other day that was really good and now I can't remember it because I was like, you should use it. What what do uh, vegans say when they meet someone new? Nice to vegetable you, right? What? <laughs> Instead of saying nice to meet you, they say nice to oh, you. Oh, okay. Because yeah, they're self-righteous. <laughs> and they don't How even, do you know someone's a vegan? They don't even want to say the word meat. How do you know someone's a vegan? Oh, they'll tell you. <laughs> no, we're not making fun of vegans. <laughs> no, we kind of are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Stay hungry. Bye. 